welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is holding space. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zentalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, we've touched on this subject of holding space before, but I want to get into what it actually is, because I'm not quite sure I really understand the concept. So let's just start right at the beginning. What does it mean to hold space? My understanding of what it means when people say, oh, I'm holding space for something or that kind of a thing is that as the person who is the holder of the environment, like your role is to create a container for people and their stuff. Okay. And how you react is going to set the timbre to how other people react to the situation. Okay. An example that has, that's not necessarily emotionally charged, right? I'll say that when you are a game master, right? So if you're a dungeon master at a Dungeons and Dragons game, okay, you are holding the space to tell the story. Okay. And how you react to the story or how you react to the players or how you react to things sets the timbre of the room. Okay. And so as the pastor on a Sunday morning, I hold the space I set the tone of the worship service by how I hold the space. Okay, so like a host of something is holding the space. Yeah, an MC holds okay. the space at a big event. And then you can take it from there and take it down into smaller situations. So you have like these big events where your MC is the space holder. Like I'm thinking big event like stadium event. Yeah, like I'm thinking Oscars because they're coming up. There you go. Or someone like someone just posted Prince his Super Bowl halftime because of all the Super Bowl halftime conversations that have been going on. So Prince was the space holder. Oh, yes, he was. In that halftime show. And very good at it. Very, very good at it, right? And he created the environment. And even as he was keeping an eye on his dancers in high heels in the rain on slick tile, and as he was going through four electric guitars as the rain was pouring down... Right. And you could see if you know what you're looking for, you can like watch him doing the calculations on how to keep everything safe, but entertaining and good. Mm -hmm. Right. He was the space holder for that stadium. And then you can take it down to like MCs at award events. Right. They're the space holders for those events. They set the tone of the room. Your worship leaders, they hold the space during worship down to your therapist. Okay. Or your doctor should be the space holder in the room for you in that time of healing. And so we do it for one another. We can hold space for or with one another, depending upon what's going on in different situations. And it's a skill. Yeah, I'm feeling very much after this just small part of this conversation. (laughs) I'm not qualified. I disagree. I think everyone can hold space at some point in time. Think about even as a sibling, Mm -hmm. like holding space for your sibling or as a parent. Many people who are parents out there can think of times where they like just held space for their little one after they fell off their bike. Sure. Right. It's after the boo-boo has been kissed and after the Neosporin has been put on. Right. There's nothing else to do but be present with the emotions that the child is feeling. And so then you're just holding the space for that child to have those feelings. And that's a lot of what holding space is. It's just making room for someone to safely feel things. 
and there's nothing you have to say. There's no training. There's nothing you have to do necessarily. It is as simple and as hard as that. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sometimes better if you don't say anything. Well, that's fair, depending on the situation. Right. And sometimes better if you don't do anything. <laughs> that is also fair, given any situation. Right. And so that's where the challenge and the hard, difficult thing comes in. When a child has fallen from their bike, it's much easier to scoop them up, clean the wound, put the Neosporin on, get the Band-Aid on it, tell them how they shouldn't have done, what they shouldn't have done in order to not fall again and get them back on their bike. It's much harder to let them sit there and cry Mm -hmm. and then figure out for themselves that they need to go clean it off and put the Neosporin on and learn how to get a Band-Aid. Much, much harder (laughs) to hold the space and let them find their way through the event. So, yeah, it's as simple and as easy as that and as terribly difficult as exactly that. Oh, I believe it. Okay, so is it usually a negative thing? You're holding space for somebody for either pain of some sort, physical or mental anguish, or is it also something that can be positive? I think it can be all kinds of different things. I mean, in the same way that they talk about the top 10 stressors are like... There's a lot of talk about a lot of stressors these days. Death is one, and then marriage, which is like joyful, but... Hard. Hard. Home renovation, got to be up there. Right? (laughs) Like... New job, really exciting, but really hard. So in the same way that those high-level stressors are both positive and negative, I think that we hold space for people in positive and negative times. And I think we think about it a lot more when we're thinking about the negative, when we're thinking about the traumas and the difficulties and the challenges. But it's almost, I think, as difficult to hold space for exuberant joy as it is to hold space for deep sorrow. You think so? I think so. In my experience, it is. I think, in fact, sometimes I have an easier time holding space for that deep sorrow, maybe because I have more practice with it, than it is for me to hold space for exuberant joy. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. I don't quite know what to do with exuberant joy. <laughs> it seems <laughs> to come so rarely these days. I Yeah, I don't know. I think that, you know, I don't find myself in those environments a lot, or what it is, but... I think it's very hard to create that space. Weddings are one of those where there's exuberant joy. Sure. But there's also tons of anxieties. Oh, yeah. And people's emotions are all over and families are like on high alert and all kinds of different pieces. So holding the space in that kind of an environment is like shielding the couple from, you know, some of that anxiety piece while making space for the anxiety and reminding everyone it's going to be okay. Sure. Everything is going to be all right. And helping them find their way through all of that tumultuousness that is a wedding. Is this something that you're even aware that you're doing or do you just kind of do it automatically? I think it's a both and. I think sometimes it's something that someone can just fall into and be doing without knowing, especially folks who kind of are naturally gifted that way. Okay. That they can just find themselves doing it without recognizing it and maybe feel really tired after an event and don't recognize why. Oh, okay. And then there are folks who train and who practice and who intentionally know, like, okay, I am going to be going in and holding this space for X amount of people, and it will probably take this much out of me, and so I'm going to do these kinds of things in order to set myself up for success in that. I have no doubt that for professional entertainers Mm -hmm. at the level of Prince, 
right? They're fully aware that they are space holders. Okay. And how you prepare for that kind of an event and the amount of energy it's going to give and take is something that you learn in the process of making your way to that level of space holder. Okay. I'll say for myself, I can hold a room of about 500 without a problem. Oh, like wow. about my normal, I can do this no problem for several hours. Okay. I can hold a space of 500. When I spoke at a rally that had 3,000. <laughs> a little different. And I did that. I think we each had like three to five minutes. And so I was the space holder for three to five minutes for three to 5,000. Very different. Oh, I bet. Vastly different. Afterwards, I was much more drained than I anticipated and felt much more vulnerable than I anticipated because opening out to hold that much. And it was also a highly charged emotional event too. Oh, I bet. So, right, we don't get 3,000 people together without some kind of emotional charge. And mm -hmm. so, and I'll say like at Pride, there's many more thousands than that, but it's in small bits. Well, that was right? going to be my next question to you is, is it harder in a larger setting or a known weekly setting? Or I'm sure you have to do it for when you're having tea or visiting people. I think it depends on the situation. Okay. I think it completely depends on the situation. I think it, for me, it depends on the emotional charge of the situation. Okay, that makes sense. Right? So if it's a normal Sunday service or a normal kind of a thing, that's not so emotionally charged. Right? So I can hold a space of several hundred people who don't have a ton of emotional charge to it. When it's a funeral mm. for someone who's lived a good life, mm -hmm. right? Not as hard. When it's a funeral... That is unexpected. Sure. No, harder. This all makes perfect sense. Harder. <laughs> when it's holding space one-to-one -one with someone who I can anticipate the story I'm going to hear. And I have an idea of what's coming. And I can be ready for it. That's easier than holding a space for a story that goes somewhere I had no idea it was going to go. Mm -hmm. a different kind of trauma than expected or a different kind of joy than anticipated. So some of it is that anticipation. I think it's also unique, and, and I would have to ask other space holders what they think of it. Okay. But I think that when you're holding space for a grief or a joy that echoes one of your own, and maybe one of your own that may or may not be fully processed, mm -hmm. that that can also be a unique challenge. Oh, definitely. Now, I'm going to throw a little twist in here and I'm going to ask for those of us who have no real training and are going to be in situations with friends and family, what does it mean to hold space as a friend? Yeah, what a great question. One of my favorite cartoons has someone who is really angry. Yeah. It's like a figure of someone really angry. Or no, they come in and they say, I has a sad. Okay. And the friend says, would you like to cry? Would you like to be angry? Would you like to plot revenge? Or would you like to, okay. like, like, what is it that you need from me as a friend? Okay. And then the figure responds back with, hmm, B, then A, then C. 
<laughs> okay. And the friend like, okay, let's begin. And the figure starts with rar, right? Like starting with anger. Because it often feels like you should just know intuitively for this person what they need. But I love the fact that it's okay to ask. Just ask. Okay. I think that is the kindest and most beautiful thing we can do for each other is to say, what would be helpful to hear from me right now? Are you looking for consolation, a place to share your story, or a place to brainstorm results? Okay. Like a place to brainstorm a way through this. Or even asking, what would be the most helpful for me right now? Okay. A place to listen, a place to share your story, a place to brainstorm ways around this, a place to be angry and to have someone be with you in that anger. What is it that you need in this time? And even just asking that can give your friend permission. Be like, oh, what is it that I, I actually, I need to be angry right now. Okay. And I need someone to be okay with me being angry. And know that I'm not going to be angry forever, and I'm probably not going to follow through on any stupid threats I say right now, but I need a place to be angry. Sure. And then you can hold that space for that person to just get to be angry and petty and say things they would never say. Mm -hmm. And in five minutes, probably won't mean. No. It's like releasing that pent-up whatever. Right. And moving on. Yeah. And then, okay, well, now what I want is to brainstorm some ways that I can find a different pathway through this. So I think that's excellent. It's hard. And I would say I have one friend in my life that I can do that with. Yeah. It's a rare thing. Like truly, Mm -hmm. I have one friend that I do that with Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And we can, you know, reach out to one another and be like, Hey, do you have capacity to hear us ad right now? Man, even that level of awareness I'm fascinated by. And I'm going to be honest with you. This whole concept of holding space Mm -hmm. is something I never really heard of or came across until I met you. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know if that's the Midwest or what it is. Or if it's just a contemporary term. Possibly. It could be. Okay. So for those of us who are not trained and have screwed up. Yes. How do you fix it when you have either (sighs) not done it correctly or missed an (laughs) opportunity to do it at all? Such a good question. I would say try not to dwell on it. You asked that question, and I immediately think of five times in the last. That's all I've been thinking of is we're having this conversation. (laughs) Is all the times I'm like, oh, I should have said that. Oh, Oh, why didn't I think to say that? Ah, nuts. Yeah, right. Mine is oh, oh, I said that. Uh So first, recognize you are human. (laughs) Sure. And that mistakes are normal and you're never going to get it perfect. And it's totally okay to have beggared this up. And in the same way that we've all said really stupid things to people in grief. Mm -hmm. If you have said stupid things when you could have held space for somebody, it's human and it's okay. And depending upon the relationship that you have with that person, work towards forgiving yourself, right? So if you have something where you're like, I really wish I could have done it this way, and it's still within a close time period, you could just go back to that person and say, on reflection, Mm -hmm. I really wish I had been able to listen to you more effectively yesterday. Would you be willing to give me another chance to just sit and listen to what's going on with you? As simple, I mean, as simple. Sure. (laughs) And as vulnerable and terrifying and hard. Oh, absolutely. Right. I'm not downplaying that that's real vulnerable. And there are probably very few people in our lives that we can do that with safely. 
And that's okay. If it is someone that you can do that with safely, then do it. Then give it a chance. Okay. And that person may come back with, you know what? I'm okay. I really don't need to right now, but maybe next time. Okay. You know, or if someone's coming to you and saying, hey, I really wish I could have done that better. And you don't feel like you want to give them that second chance. That's okay. Okay. But you could say, thank you. In the future, what would be helpful for me is if you don't give me advice right off the bat. Okay. Like, so I've gotten to the point with, I, I'm going to say it, I got, I've got. i gotten to the point with my partner right now, with my spouse. Well, this is exactly where my head's at as well. Right? I've gotten to the point with my spouse where I will start a message with, I don't need any suggestions on how to fix this. <laughs> oh my God, this is so real. <laughs> I am just looking to share where my heart is with you right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I had a really difficult time today and I don't need any suggestions on how to fix this. But I want you to know how I'm doing today. So here's what just happened. Yeah. For us, it's often the let me vent my true feelings here mm-hmm. so I can hold space elsewhere. Right. And it's totally good yeah. to remind the important people in our life of that, mm-hmm. right? And then there are times where you might actually come forward and say, I need to share where I'm at, and then I really would like to brainstorm some ways around this with you, right? So if I go and say, I don't want any suggestions on how to manage the hurt or the pain, like I'm going to go to my therapist about that. Okay. But... You know me well enough to help me brainstorm, how could I look at my calendar over the next five days? Can you help me find space to take time off over the next five days so that I can create space for me to figure out what's going on with me? And can you hold me accountable to taking that time off, right? And then that friend can come in and help. Well, what could you actually delegate? Well, Mm -hmm. nothing. Nothing. I can't delegate anything. (laughs) I do it best. (laughs) Well... Or, right, but it's got to be a real good friend yeah, who can speak to that. So, I mean, if any of that makes sense, I just... It does. It does. And I feel like the second half of the question was, if you've missed the opportunity, I believe all of these same things still apply. Yeah. You can always, if you are up to it, mm-hmm. go back and say, I'm so sad that I missed that opportunity. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if it's something that you broke your morals and values right? By not listening, you can say, I am very sad that I missed this opportunity. And I am sorry that I did not hear you the way that I wished that I could have, right? You can apologize for it. Okay. And here's what I would like to do going forward. I'm very sad I missed that opportunity. I am sorry I did not hear you the way that I wanted to. I am wondering if you would be willing to give me another chance at listening. Excellent. Hard stuff. This is going to lead me to my last question. Mm Mm-hmm. It has been difficult times lately. Mm-hmm. What if you find yourself just too tired to hold space for somebody, even though you really should? Be honest about it. Okay. Be honest with yourself and with them. Because I think it's better to call mercy than to cause harm. That's absolutely fair. Right. And so to say... I really wish, like when I mentioned before, where I said about having a friend that I could say, do you have the capacity to hear us ad right now? Sure. Right. Part of that is the ability to say no. Because if that friend doesn't have the ability to say no, then why even ask the question? Sure. 
right? And so the ability to know that you can check in on yourself and be like, right now, I actually don't have the capacity for that. Give me either this many hours to finish what I'm doing, or I really need a good night's sleep. Can I check in with you tomorrow? Okay. Right. But setting some kind of, I just don't have capacity for that right now and recognizing it. And that's not an evil thing or a bad thing. You're not a failure. No, There's nothing you're kind of going you. the doctor route of first do no harm. Right? right. In some ways. And just that self-recognition, I think in some ways, when we learn how to know when we do or don't have capacity for something and we learn how to say no, then people know when we say yes, we really mean the yes. Oh, sure. Right? And it's a safe yes. It's a yes that's not going to harm anyone because... It's known that you will say no when you need to. So if you are too tired to hold space, no matter how much you love the person, it's perfectly okay to say, I can't hold this right now. I love you. I hear you. I have to rest first. It's hard though. Yeah, All this is super hard work. Yeah, it is. Good luck, everybody. (laughs) And remember, you know, this is a spiritual podcast. This is a, a Lutheran Christian podcast. This is the stuff that God does for us all the time. Yeah. God holds this space for us all the time. And at the end of the day, if no one else can hold the space for our grief or our joys or whatever we're experiencing in between, the Holy Spirit totally does it. And so if you're looking for that, right, the ultimate (laughs) example of how to do it can be found by watching how the Holy Spirit does for that in the lives around you. It takes practice watching for it. Sure. But it's beautiful. It's super awesome. Says the pastor. It's like always there. <laughs> always like Never there. fallen asleep. No, never fallen asleep. Never without capacity. But hard to see. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about holding space. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I. And blessings to all of you out there holding space or being held. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to your spirits. You can always reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.